Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into the Manhattan After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Season 1, Episode 13, we are at the finale. It was called Perestroika. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bobby DeMiro, as always, with Marissa Serafini across the table. Hello, everyone. And a quick shout-out to WGN. Thank them for promoting this After Show this week with us. Uh, We had a lot of fun doing Manhattan. We had a lot of fun in the spring doing Salem with them. We'll talk about WGN a little bit more later. But two original shows, two original series into their lineup. So far, so good. We're fans of both, I know. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they have down the pipeline. And, well, speaking of pipeline, let's talk about this... um, atomic bomb pipeline today. There's plenty to get to and plenty to talk about. Let's start at the start. Typically on this show, we'll take two or three storylines and kind of weave them together. Because this is a season finale, exactly, everything comes to one situation. And we'll kind of cover everything as we go, but let's kind of go, you know, linear, I guess you'd say. Go, go, whatever. Um, So we start in Ellis Island, and we see the the interrogator, our scary investigator guy, giving candy to a baby. That's, yeah, that, that's always that's always creepy. creepy. With the lollipops, like no, you do not trust him at all. Um, but we do establish that this is Abby's family. That Charlie is sponsoring them. We knew that this was an issue with Abby going forward, and we know that when you see this investigator, when you see this special agent, nothing good's going to come of it. So it's the perfect foreshadowing to the rest of the episode, which is Charlie and whomever else are going to be in trouble. And sure enough, they were. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and like he really played his part in tonight's episode. And the way he interrogates and just gets answers out of people and p- preys on everyone's vulnerabilities and the weaknesses, oh, it's very interesting. Well, let's talk a little bit about his interrogation. Um, we find out his name is actually Mr. Fisher. Fisher, yeah. I don't think we ever got his first name, but it's Fisher. We didn't, and it's on IMDb and stuff, but I just want to be real clear about this. In the show, we can do research out of the show, and Lord knows we do. But in the show, we were never given his name, and that's important. Mm. He's never been given a name, and now we know it. Um, Which makes him all the more mysterious. Exactly, because he's always been somebody that everybody thinks is real powerful. He said in the show today, you know, who do you report to? War, immigration, defense... Justice. Blah blah blah. Justice, yeah. like meaning, He's I report to everybody. I, yeah. I, what that means to me when he says every department he reports to, he's reporting directly to the president or the vice president or whomever. Yeah. It's not a department; it's the the, the justice, head treasury, war, immigration. <laughs> he covers a lot of bases. You cover a lot of stuff. There. Yeah. <laughs> or you're totally rogue and nobody's called you on it yet, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You're just doing your own thing and nobody knows. Which would be actually a great twist in season two if he were the double agent. But that's neither here nor there. Let's focus on this. Um, so we see Oppenheimer, obviously. We get just about two seconds of Callie. We get a little bit of Liza. She doesn't function hugely in this episode. But Oppenheimer knocking on the door and telling Frank, you're running the show. Get a comb. First things first, Oppenheimer, get a new hat. Not a huge fan of the hat, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, it's nice to see Oppenheimer really serious this time. I mean, every time you see him, he, he's very philosophical, and we're not... As the audience member, we're not really sure if he's fully there yet. But tonight, when like something was going wrong, he he was director like he should be. And when something goes wrong, he's he's taking effect. Oppenheimer so, wearing Farrell's wearing Pharrell's hat. 
<laughs> or is Pharrell wearing his hat? Because Oppenheimer was like 60 years beforehand. <laughs> yeah, good exactly. point. Um, no, you're right about Oppenheimer, and it was good to see him as as questionable as Frank's tactic. Frank's tactics have been this entire season. We know Frank is capable and smart, and we've been been led to believe that implosion is the way to go, and it seems like implosion is the right way. So it's good for Frank to finally get his comeuppance, and Oppenheimer to say implosion is it you're the guy you're meeting the secretary of war get ready right because even oppenheimer has someone above him that he has to report to and when he his project's not personally working then he's in trouble as well so it all just trickles down and you see all the the bureaucratic system that is the u.s army yeah and just the government yeah no that's and that's actually a great point oppenheimer's main point was not Let's figure out the bomb because he knows that's Frank's gig. That's the scientist gig. Oppenheimer's main point was we need to show there's no change of leadership. It's a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. You need to meet the secretary of war. And his last point was buy a comb. Buy a comb. You're a mess. You're a mess. You need to look the part. I don't care if you mm-hmm. are the part. I know we can figure out implosion. But to save my ass talking about Oppenheimer, you need to look the part. That's yep. exactly it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and he did buy a comb. It turned out not to matter. Clean yourself up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, it turned out not to matter. Okay, first things first. Last week, if you're new on the show, last week we spent like five minutes discussing how we had never <laughs> seen Abby and Charlie's son. We hadn't seen him we enough. Have, but we couldn't remember him we as couldn't remember well him. as he we was, should have. They were terrible parents because nobody ever took care of him. They're both doing their own thing. There's no kid. A lot of Joey today. We saw Joey. <laughs> a lot of Joey. They answered it's, our question. It's almost as if the writers were watching our after show and then rewrote like and it. reshot the finale this week. Just for us. Mm-hmm. I doubt that happened. Probably not. <laughs> but still, it was good to see Joey, so there's a little more and realistic. He's, a, he's more of a toddler. Yeah. He's older than me. Yeah, thought. he's running around swinging on swings and stuff like that. He's a little bit bigger. Yeah. He's not an infant, um, which we knew. But it was good to at least see him and at least see Abby be a mother Mm-hmm. Even though he's not a and driving he's... story in this, no. Um, but the reason I bring him up is obviously Charlie it was important gets important for her interrogation. Very important for her interrogation. Charlie gets taken away, and very important for her emotions because once Charlie's pulled out, she flips out about them potentially taking Joey, which they didn't do. Yeah. But then that's when we see her really flip out, and I think that's when gravity hits Abby in that yeah, scene. Yeah, how serious everything is yeah. when it's affecting their family. Yeah, not just Charlie and her relationship with him, but yes. And, and, and Charlie tries to get out of it. I mean, to jump ahead a couple scenes, but on this topic, Charlie tr- offers the divorce. He says, take Joey, go to Massachusetts. I'm not going to contest it. This is when things were looking no. very bad for Charlie, but take it. Just be done with me. I'll fall on my sword. Save yourself. Yeah. And I think this was not because I don't love you anymore. It's because I do love you that you yeah. have to leave me. Yeah. So. Which was probably at that moment the right thing for Charlie to do. And at that moment, Abby should have probably taken that. Now, she didn't. Um, because I think it was true love that kept her there. Was it true love, though? Because we've talked a lot about Abby's affairs. It's, it's hard. It's, it, it's rough right now to really distinguish because I think Charlie giving her the option of divorce, take it, and leave, I felt that was true love from Charlie. Yeah. But then her staying, I felt it was true love to s- stay with Joey because S- Joey's getting affected now, too. Stand by your man. But she could have yeah. stayed with Joey stand and gone. Son. She could have stayed with Joey and gone to Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. he offered. He said, "Take Joey. I won't contest the divorce. Start your life in Massachusetts. Be with your family." Yeah, but right now she's literally stuck because they're holding her for interrogation, so she You're can't right. really yeah. physically leave yet. But I think, I think, if Charlie had been able in that situation, and obviously it changed, if Charlie had been able to fall on his own sword and say, "I did it. Abby wasn't involved." You know, Fisher thinks Abby was involved. She wasn't. Here's what's going on. 
she should that was probably the best deal she could have gotten at that point because she didn't know how it was going to turn out obviously she didn't know charlie was going to walk into the room with the secretary of war at the end of the episode yeah um she had no idea what frank was doing nope so at that point that was probably the best move for her to take i just don't know if like did she stay because she was scared did she stay because she sh- she's so sheltered she has no idea what to do or did she actually stay because of true love? I mean, if she stayed because of true love, true love doesn't have an affair with your neighbor while your husband's yeah. working. That's not true love. I, I think it's the the former that she she stayed because she didn't know what to do. And she doesn't know what's going on. And, and she she still probably doesn't know what's going on. She's very sheltered. She's she's not a woman of the world. We've discussed this a lot. Oh, yeah. She's a woman of a very specific community that has not seen a lot. She's not traveled a lot. She's not seen, you know, quote, unquote, the real world but or I whatever you want to say. But I think she's smart enough to know how to get out. I mean, Maybe. she she figured out the whole train system when she went to Santa Fe to visit her family. And that was, so I think she's smart enough to figure out how to get to Massachusetts on her oh, own. Oh, physically, logistically, yeah. yeah. I just mean emotionally, I don't think she's smart enough to figure it out. Oh, no. I don't think she's, she's smart enough to. She's very distraught right now. Yeah, but, and okay. she's not in a good position. No. Um, but, hey, that's neither here nor there. We do see a lot of Fisher interrogating Charlie, and that's a great group of scenes yeah I, I loved how they filmed this how the camera was revolving around them it was very much like predator on prey it's very yeah intense yeah and fisher never ever loses composure ever about anything although he did raise his voice a little bit with charlie the null hypothesis thing was kind of interesting yeah and but that's i love how fisher did this because science is one of the only things charlie really understands and to break it down into science so he can understand all the questions and get try to get the answers is a very smart on fisher to do that yeah yeah science. that's it's you no know, it's like a I good said in the, our very first after show like how liza understands science and that's the only way to break down the relationship between her and frank this is how charlie understands everything between science and the thing about fisher i know a null hypothesis is not nearly the most complicated scientific idea ever, and you and I could become "quote unquote" experts at null hypothesis in about another ten minutes. We know the basics, but it's not that hard to learn no. the broad definitions of it. But Fisher has to have some kind of scientific background to do all the interrogation that he does, or he has an unbelievable group of of you know investigator scientists working under him who can then feed him information in layman's terms and say here's the technical stuff of what charlie did or the equations or whatever Mm -hmm. here's what this means for you here's what to interrogate him on but fisher has to know everything he's he must be a scientist too yeah i was just gonna say i wonder if he has degree or phd in science or chemistry or anything he he, in physics Physics, or something he has to there's no way he he couldn't because if he gets in an interrogation room with charlie and charlie starts saying here's why these equations did this blah 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 here's what i was doing he has to know how to respond you know fisher has to know how to respond if you don't know enough probably a prerequisite for his job position that he's in he has to know this in order to get it i want to learn more about people have to have masters before they can teach in certain colleges and stuff like in that. In certain colleges. In certain colleges. I want to. I want to know more about him uh, in season two. That's that's one of my goals. We'll talk about predictions and stuff later, but that's yeah. one of my goals. Um, so then we see an interesting scene with Liza uh, and Rose in Reed's cabin. This was really kind of sad. What 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 do you make of that scene Speci- specifically? I can't talk today. Specifically at the end when Rose says to Liza, "Quote: Take care of Frank. He's on the throne now." And she paused. She said, "Take care." Of Frank. of Frank. She made that little pause there, which mm-hmm. is which is intentional. I think it was Rose's, like, heating, just learning from her past mistakes. She couldn't save her own husband with Reed, and he killed himself. So, you know, passing on that advice, like, take care of your husband, because now he's in the same position that Reed Akeley was in. 
And if you don't, then you're going to have the same results that I did with my husband. I couldn't save him. Did you get, maybe this is too much, but Rose, from what we've seen about her, is a little bit like Abby. Very sheltered, it seemed like. She was very optimistic. We saw that scene with her and Reed last episode, right before Reed killed himself. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're, you're amazing. You know, you're going to meet with the president. You're a hero. You're so great, baby. She didn't say that. But I you think know what it I'm was saying. also like Rosa at that point was in denial of, of everything. And now that she has everything has really come to fruition. And now she realized the severity of everything and all the, you know, Reed killing himself is like, okay, I, I purposely was blind to this. So now I'm going to help. Liza, if she's going to, like, turn away, that, like, actually help her open her eyes, I guess. In total speculation, I'll be interested to hear your point of view on this. Does Rose maybe think that Reed did not kill himself but was killed? Like, it was an inside job. Because Rose or Rose said to Liza, take care of Frank, he's on the throne now, i.e., he's the king, i.e., he's the target of an assassination, right. potentially. Did oh, she maybe think that? Maybe because, going back to last episode, when he, she thought the government was great and Reed was great doing everything he was, and it might be the, like an inside job. Mm-hmm. And she and she finally is open. Her eyes are open, like Abby's yeah. maybe are. Rose, on a smaller level, from being ignorant to all this and being optimistic and saying, baby, you're a hero, in one episode after Reed dies, her eyes open up and she says, wait a minute, whether or not he was a hero, maybe it was an inside job, there's something else going on, I didn't know everything, what's going on? And she also said the line, it was the gadget that killed Reed, not Reed killed himself, it was yeah. the gadget, which is the governmental, the government operation overall of this. So it might actually be an inside job, like her mentality. Yeah, her, yeah. I we, never thought of that. And we know it wasn't an inside job, although in a no, way, I yeah. guess it was an inside job because the government situation did drive Reed to do it. Yeah. But, if, you know, a military but policeman didn't pull the trigger. Hand in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe to Rose, and this is speculation, we don't know her well enough, but maybe she thinks something like that and maybe it was an inside job and maybe she's sitting there and saying, Liza, don't Watch be ignorant out. like me. Mm-hmm. The same thing could happen to Frank. And oh, by the way, maybe the same thing does end up happening to Frank in a different way. Right. Watch out for the government. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll see. And I, I don't think we'll ever see Rose again, so maybe it's a moot point. Yeah, I think that's because the car took her. Her, her storyline's done. Yeah. Which, hey, okay, whatever. And so is Reed. Um, all right. So we get back to Charlie being interrogated. We find out that Reed, apparently, got Charlie's family out of Europe. Yes, I think this was interesting. Now knowing that this little tidbit, is Reed as bad of a guy as we thought he was? I don't think we ever thought Reed was a bad guy. I think Reed was maybe not the most competent manager of scientists. I think he was the manager of a group that Thin Man was a failure. He had good intentions. But I don't think he was ever a bad dude. I think, I think... Initially, we've talked about this. We were we were initially in the first few episodes, kind of set up to think, oh, he's the bad guy, he's Frank's opponent. But it was much more complicated than that. He and Frank had a different relationship. He and Charlie had a different relationship. He's not the worst guy in the world. And we felt bad last week when he died. Yeah, and I feel bad even more this week when he died because knowing how much he did help Charlie and Abby by extension shows that maybe because he helped others, maybe he could have been helped. Even more, like, he could have been saved. Yeah. And we couldn't save him. Now, is there any potential that Charlie is lying about Reed getting his family out of Europe? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because it is easy to lie about a guy who's dead. You can mm-hmm. say the guy who's dead did a lot of stuff because you can't ask because the guy who's dead. even in the interrogation room when Charlie found out that the family, like, he he was surprised himself. Yeah. So that was genuine. Like, okay. he didn't even know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you never, I mean, do you ever know anymore? How it's, do you know? It's hard. <laughs> How do you even know anymore? Interrogation gets the, the truth out of everybody. 
Um, let's talk Abby in the interrogation room in a second. Before we do that, though, real quick, middle of the show shout out. Uh, first off, again, thanks to WGN for promoing this and promoting the after show. Guys, yes. we've been here all year. Where you been? Um, <laughs> no, but thank you guys for promoing us now. In the spring next year, Salem's going to come back. We do the Salem after show for WGN. That'll be back next year. Manhattan's been greenlit for a season two, so that'll be back. I'm not yes. sure when next year, 12 months from now, something like that. Something to look forward to. Um, whatever it is, but it's definitely coming back, so thank goodness. Um, and if you're new to AfterBuzz, if you're here from the WGN folks, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all those places, at AfterBuzzTV, Instagram too. Serafini TV. And I'm at Bobby DeMuro on Twitter, as are you, Twitter and yes. Instagram and stuff like that. So follow us. We'll do that again at the end of the show, but just wanted to give WGN a shout-out real fast for that. They've been good to us. They've been they've been giving us, between Manhattan and Salem, they've given us like 25, 26 like, awesome episodes of really television. Really good content to talk about. So I'm when, excited. When, when we, you know, our job is to talk about TV, so hey, give us good stuff. I can't complain. Yeah, we keep talking. <laughs> we can talk all day. Um, okay, let's talk about Abby being interrogated. Um... I am surprised. We didn't see a ton of her interrogation. But no, I, but we did see enough with Charlie's interrogation about Abby. Exactly. And I'm surprised actually how well Abby was holding up. It'll be interesting to see, though. Fisher has those photos. Fisher tells Charlie, Abby's been cheating on you. You know, Charlie thinks it's Lancefield. It's obviously Elodie. Yeah. Um, or it was Elodie was. before they left. Um I would be interested to see if Abby actually flipped like Fisher said she did or if Abby stayed solid like Charlie said she did. Because Fisher could still have gotten those photos. They could have scoured Elodie's home. They could have found them another way and learned of the affair. Scoured their own home. And found exactly, her. yeah. And, and that could have been Fisher's in to try to prove to Charlie, oh, she flipped, when she still may not have flipped physically in the interrogation room. She still mm-hmm. may not have given anything up. So I'll be interested to see. So I'll just, I guess I'll just ask you, do you think Abby flipped and told uh, Fisher about everything that her and Charlie got into and her planting the papers? Or do you think she stayed quiet? I think she stayed quiet. I do too. Only because I think this was just Fisher's way to to tell Charlie, like, yes, your wife told me everything just to get him to buckle. Yep. And he didn't buckle. Yeah, because we never even saw Abby's response to giving all the answers, and we only saw Fisher saying that she did. So I don't believe it whatsoever. And not only that, but if Abby had told them what she did to plant those documents, Abby would not have been going back home. Abby would not have gone back to see Joey. Helen would not have knocked on that door. Yeah, and at and the Helen end of the episode, the whole place was a mess. And by the end of the episode, Charlie would not have walked back in with the Secretary of War. No matter how bad they needed him as a scientist, if he was framing other scientists, it would have violated compartmentalization, and there would have been a penalty. Mm-hmm. Serious. Penalty. So yeah, yeah so, I, I agree with you. In fairness, Abby did not say anything. I don't think Abby said anything. Um, it turns out Paul's not going to say anything. He's not coming back, but he's going to no. be silent. He's very jaded right now. Very hurt, sensitive. Poor Paul. I'm just glad Fritz is here. It turns out we'll talk about Meeks later, but it turns out Meeks has problems. Paul's got problems. <laughs> Paul. Helen's a little iffy. I'm just glad Fritz is consistent. I'm just I'm upset with Paul. Because we did see episodes back that he was questioning his whole loyalty with Frank. He was going to leave Team Implosion anyways. Yeah. And then to see him, in the end, still leave, I'm just upset. Yeah. That, like, he didn't have that care. We thought he had that character growth. That, like, now he's sticking with Team Implosion. He's sticking with Frank. No. He just still left. Well, remember... I had hope for him. I, I didn't actually have hope for him because he's kind of left every situation he's ever been in. He told us about his dad 
being a blacksmith, right? Right. He left that. He ran from that. Okay, you want to get to a better life, that's fine. But you still run from your father like you're ashamed of it. Then you never really fit and in at you Oxford. Run from the team implosion. You run from that stuff. You had that kid. Do you remember that episode early right. on with the child and the and the he what? He ran from that. He ran from the kid. He ran from Britain literally to come to America. For whatever reason it is, he ran from Britain, which may or may not have been a good decision. He still ran, and now he runs from team implosion. Paul's been running from everything. I mean, he it makes tried. sense that he would run, but I'd I'd hope that this was the one thing that would keep him to stay. Well, Helen was the one thing to keep him to stay. He tried to stay with gone, Helen, and Helen's she turned him down. Gone on this team too yeah and I she agree. turned him down remember the little marriage proposal mm-hmm. don't yep, ever nope. don't ever ask unless you're sure of the answer right yeah and don't ever ask at a basketball game totally unrelated <laughs> just off topic like those people who ask women to marry them at basketball games right now oh it's, it's all that pressure but too we, much pressure we digress anyways okay. um that's just that's just a life tip for y'all <laughs> um <laughs> okay so paul runs um abby apparently held quiet paul apparently will hold quiet what about glenn Poor Glenn. Poor I Glenn. like Glenn. I mean, I like Glenn, and but you can tell that he's still going to be friends with Frank, even when they had the conversation when he was cleaning up his office. I still think their friendship is going to remain intact, even For though sure. it's different. He's still he's not a part of the team anymore, but Frank still has a friend, an ally. Real quick question about Glenn, though, because Frank asked him where he's going to go. Are you going to go back to Columbia or Yale or blah blah blah? And Glenn says Moscow. Moscow. Now, later, Glenn says all old bachelors are going west, which to me maybe meant California. Mm -hmm. But He's going east. Well, here's my question. Moscow, in the middle of a raging war, and hundreds of thousands of Russians are dying, is he joking about going to Moscow because of this whole Russian secrets thing? Or is he actually going to go to Moscow? Was that a tongue-in-cheek response to Frank? I think it might have, but I wouldn't put anything past Glenn and anything past the show that, like, no throwaway line like that. I mean, that's serious. Especially when you go to the title of this episode, um, Perestroika. Yeah, sorry, I completely butchered that. But that's a Russian term as well. Yeah. So, there's something there's something more lying with that. Just that one line. I just, I have a really tough time believing that Glenn will end up in Moscow, but I don't know. Russia is about the last place you want to be in the 1940s at this point. Or maybe it's the best place to be to be undercover. I'm just thinking about, like, not getting shot. Yeah, you know. true. I mean, but I think Glenn can hold out for himself. I don't know. Or maybe he's old and he doesn't care. Um, I, I would just be very surprised. Russia, to me, when he said that, I was like, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Speaking of interesting. <sighs> Goodness. Let's talk about Meeks. Meeks. I mean, we shouldn't be as surprised considering all the episodes. There was always, like, big storylines with Fritz, with... Charlie with, and you know, like, all the guys, even Helen. But, like, Meeks is one of the characters that we didn't really focus a full episode on. So it makes sense that we wouldn't really pay attention to him in a way. Knowing now that Meeks is working undercover for somebody in some fashion, we don't really yet know who. This reminds me of the very first episode, or was it the second, maybe, after Sid Lau died. Dunleavy kills Sid Lau. Sid Lau was taking papers off base. It's debatable what reason he says he was trying to patent him or whatever. Whatever the case is, maybe let's say Sid was doing some sort of undercover work somewhere because mm-hmm. you don't take papers off base. Who was the guy, Marissa, who got so mortally offended at Dunlavy for having killed Sid that he punched Dunlavy at a bar? I'd, I'd have to think about that. that was it was like, Meeks. Meeks, yeah. So this but. makes me think, now seeing Meeks' story, that Meeks wasn't just defending Sid Lau 
in his death when he mm-hmm. punched Dunleavy the bar because Sid was a friend. Meeks was also defending their shared interest as double agents in some way or spies or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Their shared undercover interest. And maybe those two guys were working together. Sid died. Meeks is not only mad about his friend dying, but mad about their undercover yeah. situation. Speculation, but I don't know. Maybe. Or is it a completely individual thing? It could be. But Sid's story, we had like he wanted salt patents to just, you know help his family out. But is that really is- true? We don't know. Exactly. And that's the thing. With Meeks, is there another story for him? Why he's in it personally? Is his family being held by people, by the Germans or whatever that's going on in this war? It's like, does he, what is his personal motivation to be passing around information? Yeah. I why would, is he caught in this? He seems, and he seems like the name Meeks is not an accident. They don't name characters by Meek. accident. Meeks. <laughs> okay. Meek. That's what he is. He's meek. He's little. He's kind of like nerdy. I don't mean that yeah, in this, you know, pejorative mm-hmm. way, but he just, he's kind of got glasses. He's a little scrawny. He's whatever. Yeah. Real pale and kind of tiny. He's the opposite of like Fritz, who's like gregarious or like, you know, Charlie, who's good looking. It's Meeks. You know, mm-hmm. like you just want to, <laughs> yeah. And it's to know that that's the guy who may turn out to be your double agent or whatever it is. Yeah. Last one you'd ever expect. Whew. I don't know. Um, and I guess at this point with Meeks, let's bring up Sid Lau because we're talking about him. We see him we throughout the episode. Bit. Um, mm-hmm. We see him in the reflection in Oppenheimer's car. Mm-hmm. We see him again sitting in uh, Frank's office. Yep. Where Frank brilliantly takes to pictures of all the equations and then puts a uh, uh, paper in his ear and walks off, which yeah, I thought was hilarious. He's like, you can't hear me. I can't hear which you. Which is literally hear- <laughs> like just the visual simulation voices in his head. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Now, I would, I would be interested to hear what you think about this. But the reason, the significance, I think, of Sid Lau, mm-hmm. and I said this before I saw the end of the show, obviously, but now that I've seen the end of the episode, the significance of Sid Lau is not... I don't think it insinuates Frank is crazy. We know Frank is definitely a little out there, but I don't think it insinuates Frank is crazy. I don't think it insinuates he can't lead people anymore, be a scientist. I don't think that's what they're going for, that he's quote-unquote off his rock or anything. No. I think it's more Sid Lau is a message to Frank, and he says it. What's one more death? Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Ten million people are dying a year. That's a lot of numbers. What's one more death? And originally... When I saw it in real time, I said, oh, what's one more death? Sid Lau is telling Frank, don't feel guilty about Charlie. Don't but, feel guilty about me, Exactly, I died. Well, but now seeing how this ended, now seeing how Frank fell on his sword, I think Frank looked at it and said, Sid Lau's right. What's one more death? If it's only one more death, I can be the one more death. I can be the casualty. I can casualty. be the guy. Put it on me. I will I will fall on my sword. I said it like nine times. Yeah. Put it on me. Because he did. Be, and I will. Because I know that Charlie can then take over the project. I know that Americans can win the war. I know that our soldiers can stop dying. So what's one more death? I'm the one more death, Frank speaking. I'm the one more death because I will I will end this war. Glenn told Frank in a separate scene, yeah. where is it? Frank, you were the man to end this war. You're right. Yeah. Frank, com- make put in motion every single thing in this Manhattan project. And Charlie's the one executing it, exactly. but Frank's the one that started So in it. a way, even though Frank doesn't build the bomb physically... This is him ending the war. This is him saying, I'm guilty. Let Charlie work. Let them figure out implosion. That'll end the war. The catalyst is me saying that I'm guilty. And I'm the casualty of war. And he is the one more death. Obviously, more soldiers logistically are going to die before they implement the bomb. But he's the one more death. I think that's... 
what no, it looks like. I, I exactly th- think that too because Sid's also the voice and conscience in his head. Yeah, and obviously after that scene, Frank goes home, sits down with Liza. They hold hands, and mm-hmm. he says, "I love you." How many times have we heard him say, "I love you" this season? Hardly ever. None. Maybe one or two. Maybe once. We and it hasn't been for a lot of episodes. He's been having an affair with Paloma. Mm-hmm. So to, for him to say that to Liza. Again, it's not just what you say, it's it's how you say it. It's not the denotation, it's the connotation. I love you does not mean I love you in that situation. I love you means I really am glad we were together. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. That's This This felt like his goodbye, yeah. especially. Yeah. And like laying out all the specific details that the government can clearly record. Yep. It's like this was literally his last his last words. And it's and it's not only <clears throat> it's not only him doing this for the government, Frank doing this so they can record every word he says and whatever, but I think it also gives Liza closure. Liza can't figure out why crops are dying, why the government is the way it is, why what's going on is going on at Los Alamos. Yeah. And Frank says, "You know what? We're building a damn atomic bomb. This is why the crops don't grow. This is why our life is like this. This is why everybody's crazy. This is why people disappear. We are building an atomic bomb. And Liza, being the scientist like you mentioned, sits there and says, doesn't say it, but in her head kind of says, now I get it. She has to grapple with it, which she struggles with. But in her head in that scene, she says, it makes sense now. Oh, crap. Millions of people are going to die. The one question I have for you in this scene, to jump to this Frank and Liza scene when he's being bugged. He says to her that they're going to detonate the bomb in an abandoned area as a show of strength and that nobody will ever mess with the Allies anymore. And there'll never be another war. And there'll never be another war. The the never be another war thing's obviously ignorant, but he doesn't actually believe they're going to detonate it in an abandoned area. This no. thing's going to wipe out cities, and he knows that. Right, and that's what he said. It's supposed to wipe out cities. Yeah, and then he says, but don't worry, cities nobody's going to die. people, children. It never. It's like Frank. You're smarter than this. Maybe Charlie yeah. is is young enough and and doe eyed enough to think. Oh, we're just going to detonate it as a show of strength. Or maybe that's Come just on. Frank's mentality of like we're just dropping this bomb. We're not affecting anyone. We're just ending the war. Like he doesn't even see the people that he's going to affect. Maybe he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. Maybe that, that's true. That's literally just how he sees it. We're building a bomb and we're going to drop it. Maybe that's no true. No one's there, but man, people really are there. No, I mean, in, in knowing in real history how the bomb worked and what happened when they dropped the bombs, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of a consensus that, like, hey, we can never do this again. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's enough of that. So uh, maybe, I don't know. I my, just, my question, do you, do you think Liza's going to handle all this information now that she knows? Or she mm. only knows half of it, really. She, she just now knows that they're building an atomic bomb. But then, you know, you see the, the other half of the recording when she leaves the room. Like, why? I don't know how she's going to handle it. Because she just walks out. What could she do? She's on town council. That's great. But what yeah, could she, she really do? Yeah, she by a landslide. Maybe she'll use her voice to speak out and maybe have this project not so secret anymore. I don't know if she would... You... But then also, because Rose even tells her it's the gadget, and then put two and two together, Liza, Liza knows. That's interesting. And now that Frank is gone, now that we've seen him physically taken off base. Mm-hmm. Um, with the bag over his head, not looking too good. What does Liza do? Or does Liza shut her mouth and leave with Callie? Because Glenn even said about Callie, tell my goddaughter she can drink and smoke all the cigarettes she wants for the rest of her life. Which is an allusion to the war is about to end, life goes on, you will have a full life ahead of you, Callie. Maybe Liza takes that attitude and says... Liza leaves, too. Now I know. Let me just leave. I'm done with it here. Town council doesn't matter. Reed Akeley's dead. That's one thing. My husband's 
gone. My husband's gone. That's another thing. What's my purpose here? Let's go. Because I can't use my botany here. Yeah. It serves no purpose. So, yeah. Maybe she does leave. Which would be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, hey, let's uh, let's get into that stuff. I think we've talked a lot about the episode. Um, before we do predictions, last question I have for you, though. Season-wide, the entire season, all 13 episodes we've seen, final thoughts, what do you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think, like, the whole... I'm, I'm sure not exactly all these certain storylines happen. Of course, this is fictional in a way. But it j- I appreciate all the sci- scientists and the government and all the secrets that went into this project and, like, how much work people put into and how much, like, mudslinging there was in between, um, you know, just all these calculations and what the government, what people actually went through to build this atomic bomb. I really, like... I have serious appreciation for it. And I think this show really owes to that because I don't think a lot of people realize what really went on. I can't wait for season two if we're going to see more physical. Again, we never really saw a lot of bombs blow up in season one. Like, none. No. So I want to see a little more physical testing in season two. Physical building of the bomb. You yes. know, the actual, you know, yeah, stuff blowing up in the desert. Because implosion now has to work. There's team plan B. The contingency plan that Became plan a. Oppenheimer says, oh, we always kept this team afloat. Yeah, I don't think so. It's like, no, this is the only team saving your ass right yeah. now. Implosion has to work. I want to see literally Nola Gay in season two. Yeah. I want to see him actually drop the bomb. I don't know what's going to happen, where they go with this. Um, but I want to see a little bit of stuff. But I am definitely a fan. I think as much as we like Salem, another WGN show, Salem was good. There were definitely some holes in Salem, and we talked about them. Mm-hmm. There, there are holes in every show. There are holes in this one. But yeah. I think this was an even stronger effort than Salem. I think this has maybe a longer uh, shelf life going forward. No pun intended on shelf life with <laughs> nuclear, you know, atomic bombs. But I think this show probably has even a little bit more promise than Salem. I would think. I think it's. A, I think Manhattan's a real strong effort for them. Yeah, and it's also that, like, because we know the World War II happened over years, it already has a time, a certain timeline that it could keep going for. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, I guess. Um, Frank falls on his sword. That's the 10th time I said it. Um, apparently, you know. He saves Charlie, though. He saves Charlie, which Takes is good. The blame. Maybe, maybe we never see Frank again. Maybe. But I don't think that they would execute him. I know that's one of the penalties for being a spy and doing all the stuff that he's done. But I think Frank is such a big character in the show that they're not going to kill him. They're definitely going to interrogate him some more. Well, let's talk about that. Let's do a real quick round of predictions for the start of Season 2, and then we'll be out of here. You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. All right, so let's start with that. Frank, Season 2, what do we see from Frank? Okay, like I said, I don't think they're going to kill him. I think he's going to end up working with Glenn. Cause in Russia? Maybe in Russia. Because we know Glenn's leaving. Frank is leaving. They're not going to kill him. He's going to get released somehow because he's too smart. He's going to be working on calculations and probably implosion on the side. But he's going to partner up with Glenn working in some capacity for the government. And we... And we see Richard Lavro, who we've alluded to many times, going to Russia. That's an interesting idea because, Frank, let's take this. Let's take Maybe your idea. Maybe we'll partner up with Niels Bohr. Well, listen, let's take your idea one step further because I think that has promise. What about this prediction? Frank has talked a lot about how this is the war to end all wars. The bomb will end war. Peace will reign forever. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen. And in American history, the Korean War is going to come up pretty soon after World War II. So what happens if 
Frank and Glenn go to Russia or something, or even stay in America, and get disillusioned when the bombs get dropped, millions of Japanese people die, they're disillusioned at the heartache and the, and the terror and the tragedy, and they realize that this isn't the war to end all war, but there's another war on the horizon, mm-hmm. and they go to Russia or something, and they become not necessarily traitors from America, but more peace activists, as unrealistic <laughs> as it may be, more peace activists to try to stop people from being bombed. for good, yeah. I can understand that, yeah. Because they're so disillusioned with the fact that we thought we were genuinely using this for good to end war, and that hasn't happened. So I know that's a real long sell prediction, but I I don't know. I still want Frank to be a part of this team implosion, be a part of the bomb because he's done so much. He started, he was there from the beginning, and I kind of just want to see him there to the end in some shape or form. I think in my outlandish predictions, I think that uh, everybody on team implosion will either leave or is a double agent, except Fritz is going to run the team, and young Joey is going to be the new physicist on the block. He's going to be a seven-year-old whiz kid next season. Mm. (laughs) He's going to be the next prodigy. You wanted Charlie as a young prodigy. We got even younger. Maybe. I mean, we haven't really seen Joey speak. (laughs) It's cool. He can do equations. There's potential. But do we think Fritz is a strong enough character strong enough leader to take on team implosion yeah i think fritz i think fritz i don't know if he'll lead it but i think fritz is strong enough he's taking care of the metal metallurgy metallurgy lab i think fritz is strong enough i think he's got the best attitude he's got the best head on his shoulders the only question with fritz if and when we find out meeks is a double agent or whatever he's doing paul's already gone and fritz is going to figure that out helen's got some issues but she's staying around for now and you've got Frank totally gone. Can Fritz handle all that loss and all that confusion? Or is Fritz going to say, all my friends are gone, the people who brought me here are gone, I'm going to take Jeannie and I'm going to go get <laughs> yeah, married like, and I leave. Yeah, I still have Jeannie. Yeah, maybe him and Jeannie just leave because he doesn't want to be around all of Charlie's guys. Yeah, I just don't, like, Fritz is the lovable big teddy bear, and I don't think he's a strong enough character and, and a person to take on everything that Frank did. We know Frank had some sociopath sociological issues and whatnot to to lead all this, but I don't think Fritz is too innocent of a guy. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Okay. That's it. Season one of Manhattan is complete. 13 episodes in, 13 episodes done. Uh, Real quick, social media stuff. Again, guys, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, AfterBuzz TV. Hit subscribe on YouTube if you're watching the video. If you are listening to the podcast on iTunes, you can also hit subscribe. You can leave comments and reviews and all that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you guys there. And speaking of comments, you can talk to us on Twitter or Instagram. So, Marissa, where can they find you on Twitter? You can all follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. Serafini TV. I'm on Twitter at Bobby Demuro. On Instagram at Mr. Bobby Demiro. Thank you guys very much for tuning in all season long for Manhattan. We're we'll be back for season two next year. Yeah. That's it. See you guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.